0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back for another episode of the Joy and Infertility Podcast. I'm your host, Kaylee Porter, and my hope is that you will join me on this road of finding joy, even in infertility. I am so excited for you guys to hear this conversation today. I'm chatting with Lauren Bourne. She's the definition of a boss babe. She's an entrepreneur, speaker, writer, and founder of I Am Fruitful a nonprofit built specifically for the purpose of encouraging couples struggling to grow their families. Lauren is the kind of woman you want in your corner, or at least a good dose of her in your earbuds occasionally. This was our first time chatting, and within five minutes of our conversation, she was preaching right to my heart exactly what I needed to hear. So get ready. She covers a lot, but I love her advice that she gives right before she shares her story. I feel like a lot of times
1: we look for that exact story, like, oh, if I could just hear an exact story like mine, like, then maybe I have hope. And I really wanna encourage anyone listening to that. Um, our story may not be the hardest you've ever heard, or it may be worse than yours or whatever, but uh, your story looks like your story for a reason
0: that is such a good reminder don't get drawn in or pushed out by the exacts of everyone's story god can speak to you in the middle of any one of these women's stories so listen intentionally and let's get to my conversation with lauren hey lauren thanks for coming on today
1: oh thank you so much for having
0: me so this is like our second or third time we've scheduled this conversation (laughs) i guess Busy, busy ladies but i am so grateful that we're able to make it work i'm really excited for you to share your story Before we do, tell us a little bit about your family.
1: Yeah, uh, my husband and I live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. We've been here about 10 years, and we have two amazing miracle babies. Um, Our son is seven. His name is Liam. And he is already smarter than I am. <laughs> and um, our daughter is almost four. Her name's Farah, like Farah Fawcett. Oh, I love that! It's the only Farah anyone knows, so we always say Farah Fawcett. <laughs> but um, she's going on fourteen, and um, brings a lot of sass and fun to our family. So we, um, my husband works from home, and so we spend a lot of time together. That's awesome. <laughs> Which is. Amazing. and it has its challenges. Um, so yeah, we, it's funny. I actually was, uh, about to lead this marriage class and I was telling him, I was like, babe, I, I just don't feel qualified at that point. I think we'd only been married, I don't know, seven years or something. And I was like, I'm speaking to people who've been married, you know, decades longer than me. I'm not qualified for this. And he said, babe, actually, because I work from home and you're home, we have spent more time together than most married (laughs) couples ever spend. So he did the math on how many years we've been married to like boost my confidence. And I don't remember what it was, but it was like double 15 years, maybe what we had really been married. And so we, we definitely have our time, our time (laughs) together, which is, which is a blessing.
0: And how long have y'all been married?
1: We've been married a little over 10 years.
0: Awesome. So two miracle babies. So how did, how did that happen? Yes. So
1: we, we really, uh, didn't ever wait. We started trying right when we got married. Um, and honestly, I always like to start with this when I share our testimony, because I feel like a lot of times we look for that exact story. Like, Oh, if I could just hear an exact story like mine, like then maybe I have hope. And I really want to encourage anyone listening that, um, our story may not be the hardest you've ever heard, or it may be worse than yours or whatever. But uh, your story looks like your story for a reason, and so try not to compare specifics. Um, but yeah, so we uh, we we didn't, and we really didn't have as long of a wait as a lot of people do. But we still felt like it wasn't happening, and so it took us a couple of years, two and a half years or so, uh, to get pregnant. But through that time, we just it feels like a month is like a year when you're trying to get pregnant. And so we just month after month, I mean, it's the same old story that you've heard. Um, and finally we thought, you know what, something's not right. And so we started going to fertility doctor. We did a few months of Clomid with our OB and nothing worked that didn't work. And, um, finally he referred us to a fertility doctor and we went through that, you know, initial round of blood work and tests and all that stuff. And, um, being mortified, walking that little white, brown paper bag into the office with, you know, ever <laughs> all the goods and figuring out navigating that whole awkward situation, which is not even awkward anymore because we've had to do it so many times, oh, but, um, it's now we just make jokes and think it's hilarious, but
0: yes. And I actually
1: referenced <laughs> it at,
0: on this is us episode premiere Tuesday night. Oh, I was like clapping the whole time. I was like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> That's awesome. That is the best
1: show in the history of TV. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so we we did all that first round of everything and then we got the phone call that really um rocked the boat and gave us basically an opportunity to choose faith or fear. And so we got the call that oh, here's your here's your stuff like it's going to be really hard for you to ever get pregnant. Um it was just like the most pessimistic nurse ever. I feel like the enemy just completely used her to kind mm-hmm. of derail my thought life. So that day my husband chose faith, I chose fear. And we started walking this journey of delayed fertility, um, and so, but really, honestly, it didn't really take us that much longer. We did end up doing an IUI, and we got pregnant with our son. Um, and so we were, we were like, okay. At that point, we said we have to serve other couples who are going through this because we had an amazing support system. We had an amazing church family who was supportive and we still felt isolated and we still felt alone because even our good friends and family didn't understand what we were going through. So it was just really hard to relate. And we never wanted to just continue bogging people down with like our issues and things like that. So, um, so really a seed began growing in my heart and in Billy's at that point to, um, you know, we didn't have a ministry in mind at that point. We just knew we needed to be available to people who were going through the same thing. Um, but yeah, we got pregnant with, um, my son and actually, um, we found out at our, I don't know, five week six week ultrasound, something like that. It was super early that we actually were having twins. Wow. And, um, so we were like just overjoyed because it had been a desire for us to have twins and we, we were having them. And so, um, They scheduled a follow-up ultrasound the next week, and so we went in for that, and it was like at a specialized clinic with a better machine and all that stuff, and the um, sonogram or ultrasound, whatever they're called, tech, was like, well, there's just one, and Mm -hmm. she just said it so cheery and happy, and I was just in shock. like I, I didn't know what to do. Um, I didn't know what to say. I was mad because she was like so flippant about it. And it was just, did she not know? oh, she knew. Oh, she did. She knew. And she said, at that point, I think I said, wait, what that we're, well, we're having twins. And so like a question mark, what? <laughs> and she said, oh, it'll be so much easier this way, honey. Oh,
0: my And
1: goodness. so I just, um, I was kind of a deer in headlights. I didn't know what to do. The doctor came in and said a few things which I I don't even know what he said. I was just in a fog. Um so at that moment we found out that we you know, we had a baby with a heartbeat and then we had a, a baby that had died. And it was super early like 7 or 8 weeks, but to us it was everything. And so that was one of the pivotal points in our fertility journey because we had to figure out how to, how to grieve. And at the same time we had to celebrate, celebrate. I mean, we were celebrating, we were still having a baby. Mm -hmm. And so it was amazing. Like looking back on that, how I, I didn't know what to do. I felt guilty for grieving because we had a baby and that's what we wanted. And then I felt guilty for celebrating because we lost a baby and I didn't even know how to grieve or how to process it. And so, um, honestly, I did not grieve that loss until years later. Um, we ended up having, um, more trouble getting pregnant the second time years. Um, they're three and a half years apart. So, um, we went through several IUIs, failed IUIs, successful ones. We had two more miscarriages. And so during that time, I, of having more miscarriages, I started realizing what I had lost the first time in my Mm -hmm. son's twin and, um, really began taking that to the Lord and allowing him to just walk with me through it and allowing myself to cry and allowing myself to ask really, really hard questions. (laughs) And, um, so thankfully the Lord showed me what it looked like to grieve in a healthy way. And I just processed that first loss but I, I know that I'm not the only one who's gone through that. Um, I've heard because I've been open about our story, our miscarriage story. I've had several people come up to me and say, oh, we, ha- we lost a twin too. And th- everyone experiences the same thing. There's a, there's a guilt and there's a shame that comes in that's not from the Lord, a shame that comes in that says you should not be celebrating your baby because you just lost a baby. And there's guilt and shame that comes in that says the opposite as well. And so I um, I just really encourage anyone who who's listening that uh, that is straight from the enemy. That is not the Lord. He, There is a time for grief, and that's healthy, and that's good. But it's also a time for celebrating. And if you take both of those um, feelings and emotions to the Lord, He will walk you through it. And it looks different for everybody, so I don't have this like, you know, special recipe or formula that I right. can give, but taking the, taking the tough questions to the Lord, um, it is possible. And we, as women know that we can experience like a hundred emotions at one time. And so we're good at that. I mean, we really are, God made us that way. And so if you take those things to him, like you really do get through it. It's, it's, um, it's not the end of the world. Like he's a redeeming God. So just looking expectantly that, at what he has for you. So we had our daughter and so um that was a lot of miscarriages and loss and things through that time that we also had to process and through that time my best friend at the time was having miscarriages um like if I would have one, she would have one, I would have one, she would have one. It was crazy. Mm, wow. And so not just me, but seeing her going through that too was so devastating for me because I didn't I didn't want her to be going through that. I wanted her to have babies. And um So it was, it was a tough time. And I know that God did not cause those miscarriages, but I am so in awe of how he's used them in my life and in my family's lives and, um, just in ministry and being able to relate to so many people who are just grieving, um, but we're really grateful. Our kids are miracles, both of them, both rainbow babies and, um, we're we're walking into a really fulfilling season is the best way to put it. Hmm.
0: So, I know I know you said everybody is going to grieve differently and this and it'll look differently with everybody, but what what was the healthy way that you ended up being able to process mm-hmm. your losses?
1: Yeah. So, I feel like um we tend to think that God doesn't know like what we're thinking. <laughs> And so he does though, like he knows everything. And so for me personally, I'll just speak for myself. I think that I, I just kept held back. I held back. So I, I just isolated and I felt like I just felt guilty all the time. I felt ashamed. I felt sad, but I never really talked that out with the Lord um, until I did. I mean, eventually I did. And that's kind of what he showed me was taking every single thought before him and laying all the pieces at his feet, whether they were a shameful thought, or whether they were just a sad thought, whether it was a question like God did, you know, we Christians go through all the grief stages, too. Um, They just look a little bit different. But we go through that anger stage. And for me, I was like, okay, I I cannot be angry with God. Like, I just refuse to do that. Although I know, I know a lot of people go through that. But it was, this point where I said, I'm not going to be angry with God, but I'm starting to feel like I'm getting there. So Lord, I need you to show me why this happened. Like, did you cause this? Because if you did, I'm angry. And if you didn't, I can release that anger and move on. And so I think just being okay with like going through those stages and um, not staying there too long. I, I see women who are grieving and grieving and grieving for years and years and years. And I feel like if that If it's gone on for that long, that maybe we haven't quite taken all of our thoughts and feelings and emotions to the Lord. Um, One thing that helped me was just journaling. And um, some days I would write like two pages, which really isn't a lot, but during grief, it's kind of hard to even, it was hard for me to even write. And then some days I would literally write one sentence. And usually those were the days I was angry, but I at least got my thoughts out on paper. Um, And I think that's really, really important. Another thing that I, I feel is very important is to not isolate. Um, when we isolate, we just allow the enemy such a door, like a, a foot in the door. When we're isolated, we don't have people checking in, or they are checking in, and we're not responding. Little things like that. Um, I really encourage ladies that when their friends offer to help, that they come up with something, like even if it's just come over and drop off coffee, or yeah, that's very nice. Yeah. Whatever. Like you can think of something. I hear so many ladies, say, I can't think of anything that I would need. Yes, you can. You can think of something you need, even if it's just seriously drop off your favorite beverage at your front door. Um, it just, it feels good whenever we're supported. And, um, I mean, that's something I've been working on is receiving, but, um, I always encourage ladies to receive help and not isolate. Um, cause fr- friends want to help. I mean, they want to help you. And they don't always know what to say. But that's another thing in your grief is I think we tend to get really offended when we're grieving because we're like, poor me. I mean, it is poor me. It's like the worst thing ever. I'm not trying to minimize that. But we tend to want everyone to know exactly what to say. And usually people don't have a freaking clue what to say. (laughs) Like, I don't even know what to say. And I've been through it. And it's so hard.
0: I'm guilty of saying everything that we all talk (laughs) about how how dare people say this to me? I think I've said it all through the years.
1: I I have too. That's exactly right. It's hard. It's hard. It's awkward. It's just awkward. When people go through loss, it is awkward. And so it's hard to know what to say. And so I think another piece of advice I have for ladies who are grieving is just to give grace because we've all said things that we didn't understand what we were saying and if someone's saying something instead of nothing, then they care. Like that's the point. They, they do care. Um, but I think that my biggest suggestion while going through grief, and this is something that really was a tipping point for me, um, when we were grieving and just waiting was, um, just asking the Lord to show me who I am, who I am in him, because that's really what it comes down to. If we know who we are in Christ, like everything else falls in place and the big things don't seem so big anymore. And so I always encourage ladies to just look like, look up some scriptures on who you are. Like, who does God say you are? Um, What does he have in place for you? Like, what are the, what are the promises that he has for you? And then begin speaking life over your situation.
0: So at what point, in this journey did your ministry? I mean, I know you talked about in the beginning, it was, you just wanted to be available, but that kind of was birthed into something else.
1: Yeah, it was. um, Yeah, it was a desire in my heart all along. And I really just began stewarding, stewarding little opportunities. Um, Women would somehow know that what we were going through, even though we weren't super public about it or anything. um, You know, friends of friends, would call and say, Hey, I just had a miscarriage or we've been trying for three years and we are still not pregnant, but nobody knows. Could you meet me for coffee? And so I just began stewarding the moments and I would go meet for coffee or take a phone call or meet someone at church. And, um, the desire kept growing because I was seeing how valuable it was just to have community, um, surrounding that topic of infertility and miscarriage. And so, And when my daughter was a baby, I sat down for a quiet time one day and the Lord had put the story of Hosea on my heart. And I was just reading and I saw how God asked him to go marry a prostitute. And he was like, okay, like it was just so simple. God asked him to do something insane. And he just said, okay, I'll go do it. And. I had this burning desire in my heart to be quickly obedient to the Lord. And so I began writing and praying, writing my prayers and just saying, Lord, I want to be quickly obedient. And then I put my journal away because I was like, no, wait, hold on. <laughs> if I ask him, maybe. Yeah, I I had a change of like I had a change in my mind because I was like, Oh no, actually that probably means he's going to ask me to do something. So let me just think this through before I really submit that to you.
0: Let me think about my boundaries real quick.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And so I put it away and then later that day or the next day I got my journal back out and I was like, okay, I'm ready. Like I, I want to be quickly obedient, whatever you ask me to do. And in that moment, like within that moment, he literally, and I've never had anything before or since happen like this. He literally downloaded the vision for our ministry. And it was like, I could not keep up my thoughts and my pen could not keep up with each other. And I was scribbling frantically trying to get it all out of my mind and onto paper. And, um, he really gave me the vision and he said, do it now. And I'm, I'm a recovering perfectionist, so I tend to like everything to be like perfect before I launch something or all in place before I announce it or whatever. And he told me to start with, at the time, Periscope had just come out. And so it was like this new thing where you could do videos and people could watch live. And that's the idea he gave me. And that was the beginning of it. And so I started going live on Periscope. And it was amazing how quickly people just came out of the woodworks needing support for delayed fertility or going through adoption or miscarriage. So I just began sharing the word and what does the word say about your fertility? What does God say about it? What does he say about who you are? What are his promises for fertility? Let's go through some Bible stories on fertility. And so I, I, and I personally had to begin digging in for myself to understand all these things. Um, and that's really how we got started. And it's unbelievable how quickly it's grown and how the Lord is, um, just been every single thing he's asked us to do for the ministry. He has provided the people. He's provided the finances. He's provided anything, the resources that we need, um, the venue that we need, like every single thing he asks us to do. And so it's been a huge life lesson for me. If we just step out in faith and do the ones like just one step towards whatever he's asking us to do. It's amazing what falls in line. Mm-hmm. Um I never wanted to go. I mean, I never had a desire to go into ministry. I really didn't. I thought I'd go into corporate America and then have kids and stay home all all day, you know? And so, um, it's just amazing how, when we submit to the Lord, he can just take our desires and honestly change them. Um, so that's just, that's kind of how we got started.
0: And it's called I'm fruitful and the website's I'm You mm-hmm. can follow them on Instagram and Facebook. And so you guys have been working on something pretty cool. Can you tell us about the hope boxes?
1: Yeah. So we've actually been, um, giving care packages for about a year and a half, um, to just ladies who have a miscarriage. It could be early, you know, a chemical pregnancy. I consider that a miscarriage, um, mm-hmm. or it could be like a baby who uh, died, had like a SIDS issue or something. That's about the gambit of what we run. But, um, We've been doing that about a year and a half, but just recently we rebranded them. We call them Hope Boxes now, and um, we just assembled 100 more Hope Boxes last week. So we've partnered with um, a couple of churches and ministries across the nation who basically when, they're, when their ladies have a miscarriage and come to them for support, they send us their name, and then we send out a Hope Box. Um, we're also wow. going to be putting them for sale because we've had such... I mean, we've had so many people ask and request that we have them for sale. And so what we've realized, it's not really about uh, putting them on sale is not about the one who's receiving it. It's about the one who's giving it because the people who are requesting them are friends and they're like, I don't know what to do, but I could send that easily. So we're going to be making those available to purchase um, here in a couple of weeks. But right now we just give them. That's one of our... Biggest programs is just sending hope boxes. Um, It's tangible hope. And the coolest thing about it is that there's a letter, and that's the cheapest thing in the box, but it goes right on top. So when they open it, they see this letter. And in the letter, it's got scriptures and it's got uh, links to resources. And basically, we connect them with our ministry so that they can get some more support, so they can jump into an online group. Or we have a prayer team so they can submit a prayer request to our prayer team who prays over them for like a month. And so we have several programs that are free that they can then get connected with from the hope box. So it's really not just about here, here's a gift, like, and let's move on. It's here's a gift. We're so sorry. We care about you. You're not alone. Here's how you can get some support.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. That's awesome. So you've told me that there's something really on your heart that you wanted to share today. Go ahead and let's talk about that.
1: I just, I I have this. Um, just this topic on my heart, um, lately that we just support that women support each other. I feel like we live in this generation where we feel like if I help her win, I'm losing. And Mm -hmm. so even in the world of fertility, we support each other until she gets pregnant. We will walk through the fire with her if she's grieving, we're so sorry we're there. but when God comes through for her and she has her miracle, we tend to back off. Mm-hmm. And um, so I just have this desire on my heart to encourage women that her win is not your loss. It's just not it's a group win. Like if we're really on the same team and we are we are kingdom minded, her win is your win because you've been praying into her situation too. So I guess my encouragement is just that if you are listening and you're feeling like, oh, yep, I definitely got a tug in my on my heart <laughs> with that, um, just take that before the Lord because He will um, He'll be able to use you. And so my, I guess, an action step there would just be if there's someone on your mind that maybe she just got pregnant or maybe you're worried, like worried that she'll get pregnant first or like, I remember at some point being worried that, my friend would have her third kid before I had one. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. okay, well, they're on baby number six and I'm not going to have one yet. Um, just begin praying for her. Praying for her like you would want her to pray for you. And it's amazing because it's not even necessarily just about her. It's so much about your heart and what mm-hmm. the Lord can do in your heart. And then when she does win or she does get that promotion or she does get pregnant or she does get married or whatever it is, then it's, it's your win too. So, um, so that's, that's just, that's what the Lord's been showing me lately because one of my top strengths is competition and like on the strength finders test yeah. mm-hmm. it competition. And it's just been like eating at me, like, isn't competition bad? Like, I don't know if I want that to be a strength of mine. And just this <laughs> week he was showing me, like, if you're competing together on a team, you're competing with people. That's a good thing. It's when you're competing Mm -hmm. against people and you want to win and you want them to lose that it's a bad thing. So if we would just compete together against the enemy, I feel like so many things would fall in line for us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I had a mentor tell me, and I may have already shared this before, um, my husband and I went through some stuff, our first year of marriage, and I was really angry at him and um, I went and had coffee with her and she was like, hey, just remember like the enemy is doing this to you guys. It's not yeah. Jay against you. It's the enemy is fighting and trying to drive a wedge between you guys. And when she said that, it just clicked in my head, like, oh, this isn't Jay against me. This is the devil against us. Mm-hmm. And we have mm-hmm. to link arms and fight together to defeat what he's trying to do. And I think it's the same way with the infertility space. I mean, really any space, but women in general. We are we're in this together. We are God's daughters. We are a part of his kingdom. And we're all on the same team. So let's link arms and shut him up because he has no place in our lives.
1: That's right. And I love how you um, gave the example with marriage because that's exactly right. We're on the same team. So if the enemy is coming between us, driving a wedge, regardless of what he said or what I did or whatever, it's the enemy at work. And so that's, that's such a great example. And man, it's true. Uh, Marriage is tough and infertility or delayed fertility, miscarriage, I mean, that was one of the hardest times in our marriage when we went through our fertility right. journey. It, it's kind of like it can draw you together or it can put a wedge between you, especially in grief. I, I didn't grieve the same way he did. And if he didn't say the exactly perfect thing, I was so mad, you know, and I've heard that from a lot of women like, um, but it is, it's the enemy at work
0: and. Um, especially when like you said, he chose faith and you chose fear. Mm -hmm. It's almost like that optimism, which is such a good trait can become, I can, I got so bitter with my husband about that. Like, (laughs) no, you're, you're living in like, you're living and not in reality. This isn't, you're being crazy is what you're doing. And you're not like grieving with me. And I don't think you feel the weight of what's going on, but Uh it's, but God put us together for such a time as this. And we, I need to lean on him and he can learn from me, but I, but I think in so many situations in our lives, I have to lean into him, into Jay, because he, he can pull me out of some of those dark places that I try to sit in.
1: Right. And then at some point you'll be there for him or you have been, I'm sure, um, when he's maybe not choosing hope or not choosing faith. And it's, it's, it's really beautiful whenever we can kind of pick up the slack. And I'm so glad that Billy did not choose fear because if he had, and I had we would have been in a puddle that we never would have gotten out of like a very, very deep hole. Mm -hmm. And so praise God that one of us was able to,
0: you know, (laughs) choose faith. Yeah. So you posted a little while ago on Instagram that you were prepping for the interview, going through all of your resources. So what is like your... top three favorite resources. Oh, I only through- get three. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. If you, if I, you talk fast, you could, you could share was, 10. <laughs>
1: yeah, I did. I, I really took it seriously when you said, do you have any resources? Two of my favorite devotionals are in due time. It's by Caroline Harrys, and it's a devotional for waiting. And it's very, she was beautiful. on
0: episode one. If anyone doesn't oh, know, she that, go back to episode. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: She's amazing. If you need a faith boost, she literally preaches every day on Instagram stories and they are fire. And then In the wait is a six-week study on waiting, and I think it's a beautiful devotional as well. Switch on your brain, Caroline Leaf is, if you need a change in your thought life, like, it will seriously change your life. And then Bill Johnson, anything is, like, anything is amazing, but there's a devo called A Life of Miracles, and it will fuel your faith. If you're worried or feeling like God is not good or he won't be good in your life, then read God is good. And then lastly, Exploring the Prophetic by Sean Bowles, it is, like, it's life-changing. Um, and I feel like we should all be hearing from God every day and we should be speaking through each, like to each other. The Lord should be speaking through us to each other, encouraging each other every single day. And it's this practical tool where he like gives you activations to learn how to hear from God. So some of those are fertility related and some of them aren't, but they're all amazing if you're walking through fertility issues or waiting. So.
0: I saw Lineage of Grace on your table, too. Is that one of your?
1: It is. I've read it twice. It's amazing. (laughs) It's so good. And if you don't really care, you know, if you care more for like this type of it's historical fiction, I guess, it is five stories. It's the lineage of Christ through women. So it goes through stories like Rahab and Bathsheba. And I love it. And the reason I had it out for fertility is because a lot of times we begin asking ourselves questions like is this not happening because I had sex before I got married or oh, yeah. because whatever. I mean, we go through all these shame questions, lies. lies. And so this book, because it walks through the lives of some of these women who we think, how and why would God have chosen them to be in the lineage of his son? Um, it's just so redeeming. Like if you need a boost of God's redemptive power, then it's, you can't
0: put it down. Yeah, it's really good. And you'll read it really quickly. Yeah, you will. And I'm honestly,
1: I'm not really what I would consider a reader. But I feel like if you're going through the thick of it, you cannot sit in the hole, like you need to get yourself out of the hole. So Mm -hmm. surround yourself with people who care about you and who encourage you and start blocking people on Instagram that are negative or that do not bring life or light into your life. And begin reading or begin listening to podcasts like this one that encourage you and fuel your faith and do that first thing in the morning so that your day starts off, you know, with some hope and not despair.
0: Thank you so much, Lauren, for coming on and sharing all of those amazing things. Well, I really appreciate you
1: having me. What you're doing is, is life-giving to this community.
0: Start off your day with hope and not despair. So many times in this space, we get bad news first thing in the morning. Think about it, a negative pregnancy test, a negative ovulation stick, or maybe you have your Ava bracelet telling you first thing, you have low fertility for the day. Talk about starting our days off in a negative way. So take Lauren's advice, pull out your Bibles, worship music, or even a podcast and allow truth and life to be poured back into our emptiness. Go follow Lauren and I am fruitful on Instagram. They will speak life and hope into your heart every single day. Thank you again for listening and sharing this podcast. Well over 20,000 people in 40 countries have listened and that is all because of you. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of the Joint Infertility Podcast. Isaiah 40, 31 says this, Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Remember, God is with you. He sees your heart. He loves you, and He is good. There will be beauty born from your journey. Have a great day.